When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. There's uh, sometimes, you know, silver lining to stuff. Not at Jerry World today. Kind of bad news. Not having to deal with talking to Sooner folks. Kind of good news. We will definitely talk about what we saw yesterday, heard yesterday, and experienced yesterday at Big 12 Media Days Day 1. Because right after we went off the air... Things got interesting with different shades of orange. We will also talk some NFL today. We'll talk about a documentary you want to check out, NFL-related. Big 12 Media Days, day two. Don't worry, we'll hit some of those teams as well. There's recruiting news coming up. We'll get to all of it. Let's go, Chad and Zay, on a Thursday. Super hot out there. Stay cool. I'm Chad Hastings, back from Big 12 Media Days, and he is the one and only Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Chad, what is poppin'? Feeling good. Back from Big 12 Media Days, even though day two is still going on, and we will talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yo, man, those dudes at the ESPYs last night, they were dressing. Oh, my. And shout-out to Deion Dawkins, defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. No you have paved the way for us fat brothers out here. Oh, no. To show out in the rock a suit with zero undershirt, showing the belly, showing the gut, let it all hang out. I see you, dog. I can't wait till I go to my next wedding. Wow. It's going down. Wow. <laughs> I think if you go with that outfit, Zay, it may be the last wedding you are ever <laughs> invited to. So if that's your plan, I think it's a good one. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen that. For those that cannot see this picture right now, oh, I've got to retweet this. Zay, that is brilliant. (laughs) That is absolutely brilliant. Hang on. Let me make sure I get this retweet out there. Remember, Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at Hastings 1049 Holy hell. The Bills actually sent this out. That red carpet drip with the emoji. And, um, whoa, that is just unbelievable. So... This is Dion. who? What's his name again? Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins. Yeah, he's their Pro Bowl defensive tackle. Very good player. He really does. He has the one thing, though, that kind of lets him pull it off. Two things. One is he's not a pale white guy. Yeah. I think that would have been that, a bad that, move. Yeah, that would have been tough. He's got some color to his skin, and he's got tats all down the front. The tats are essentially his shirt. That's what he's going with. Okay, so that's how you're looking at it. Zay, I've never seen anyone try this idea, but... If you're going to do it, you need to do it the way he's doing it. Give me tats and give me some color in the skin and we're fine. If you're a total pale white guy and you have no tats, I would not go with that look. I've never seen a fat dude even attempt this. And the confidence that Deion Dawkins has, 
Again, he's paving the way for guys like me that's carrying Dude. a little more LBs out there. So awesome. Yo, man, F it. He's got his number embroidered on the inside of the coat. <laughs> Did you see that? He's got a 73 embroidered on the inside of the coat. Yo, that's that's a wild hey. look, man. I've seen D-Wade do it because it's D-Wade. This guy's with Gabrielle Union. Again, okay. it's D-Wade, basketball player. Very different than yeah. the defensive tackle in the NFL. You've seen that thin basketball yeah. body do it. Yeah, this is a little different. Uh, also, it gives you a chance when you're on the red carpet, they can ask you what you're wearing, and they can also say who's your ink guy. That's true. Or who's your? Where's your ink from? And you can give the ink a little love as well. That is fantastic. We'll talk some ESPYs today as well. They happened last night. There's always some good emotion around the ESPYs. It's one of those events I think people can make fun of on the way in. But then you see the production of it, and there's always some cool elements to it. I love the montages. I recorded it last night, but getting back from Jerry World, I haven't had a chance to see it yet. But we'll definitely get there. All right, so as we jump in today, a couple things to get to Longhorn related. First off, let's get to some good Longhorn recruiting news because that was big yesterday. Uh, Another addition to the 2024 class. Let me make sure I have the number right. 14 members of the class now, and this is Melvin Hills, the last guy in. He is a defensive end from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm seeing 6'3", 277 uh, on that weight. He is listed as a three-star here. So, Zay, they just keep adding. Sark just keeps adding guys to this 24 list. I'm told yesterday that it took a little while for Mr. Melvin Hills to make his his decision. Not because Melvin took a while, but apparently his coach went on for a little bit. Set it up for a while. Did he now? Apparently went into, uh, well, kind of went into Dave Aranda land, if you will. Kind of got deep on the folks. Got a little deep. Maybe got a little bit of a sermon involved and just kept going and kept going and kept going. And eventually, Melvin got to say that he's picked Texas. So he's verbally committed to the Longhorns. And I see his top five was Texas, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. Not too shabby. So as you get ready to head to the SEC, Longhorn fans, in a couple years, that is Big. Yeah, Melvin Hills, he is quoted saying, Coach Bo will make me a first-round draft pick, and I highly believe that. So, shout-out to Bo Davis being mm. a huge part of getting Melvin Hills in. That's a big-time get. Is that what they call him, Coach Bo? Yeah. Look, now, hey, I call him whatever he wants. He'll cuss your ass out. Y'all heard him. <laughs> That's that Iowa State game. Y'all remember that. He don't play, man. Yeah. He don't play at all. That is fantastic. Fantastic. All right, so you got that going on. Uh, also, I know there's uh, been a little bit of talk about the other Texas news today in terms of football uh, and uh, – other Texas sports, the uh, the new flagship station for Texas sports, and uh, congrats to UT for um, all that's uh, all that's going on there. And certainly, um, those of us around here uh, have uh, you know have been honored to uh, represent Texas and, and broadcast the games for years. Now they uh, are uh, having a new flagship. Contracts come up, and then you know new contracts are done, and uh, that is. Uh, that's the deal there. So uh, I know there's still, you know, there's questions out there and there's all this kind of stuff. So um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a weird time right now. And, uh, you know, we always say it. We take, we take your mind off the real stuff, and sometimes we go through the real stuff too. So um, that is, that's kind of what's going on. And as long as we have shows to do, we'll do shows. That's what we're going to do, talk some sports. So that's out there in, uh, in the world of the Longhorns today. 
as well. We will get into some comments from yesterday uh, in Big 12 Media Days. If there's any updates um, around all that other stuff, we will obviously let you know when we know. Uh, All right, Zay, so uh, once we were done yesterday, Mike Gundy goes up on the the podium, sits at the table, however you want to look at it. Then it was Steve Sarkeesian. Where do we start today? You want to start with Sark and those Longhorns? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers, Jalen Ford, Jale Barron, Jordan Winnington, and Xavier Worthy all represented themselves very well yesterday. Hey, did you like the polo change? Earlier we saw them in the orange polos, and then later on in the afternoon they were rocking the black polos. I did like that. I like that. Yes. Yeah, switching it up a little bit. Yeah, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Everybody was looking sharp. Everybody was confident. Everybody seemed very excited about the 2023 season, and they should be. They know what's at stake. They know what they have coming back, and they understand, even though there's a lot going on in the future, you got to live in the now, and now is winning the Big 12 title and, you know, seeing what happens after that. Because if you win a Big 12 title, then you should be able to put yourself in the college football playoff. We know a lot has to happen, but we saw what happened with TCU. They ain't even winning, and they end up getting there. So, yeah, Texas, they should be right there too. A couple of things that stuck out to me, Chad, was Steve Sarkeesian talking about the running back room, saying that, hey, still not set in stone. Like, and it might be from week to mm-hmm. week, yeah. and, you know, because at the end of the day, the teams that you play, one of the running backs might have it going while the other might not. That's just what it is. That's some good problems to have. I'm going to keep it real with you. Like, I like those problems, even though you want some stability in a B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, you knew what you were going to get with them. The five running backs that you have now battling, it could be one of those guys weak, depending on the game, depending on the situation, depending on the defensive scheme, et cetera. So I like Sark keeping it open. You know, he had a lot of love for C.J. Baxter. He had a lot of love Jaden Blue, Keelan Robinson, John DeBrooks, and Savion Red. And he even threw um, – my man coming out of the De- Soto. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Y'all oh, Wisner. Yeah, Trey Wisner a mm-hmm. little bit. So I, I that's that's a little bit exciting to me because we I still don't have my finger on who the starter should be. Well, like the back of my mind says Jonathan Brooks a little bit just mm-hmm. because maybe I've seen him the most, but also we talked about so many times. I think Keelan Robinson should get way more opportunities than he's had since he's been to the 40 Acres coming from Alabama. So there's so many different ways you could go about it, but I like Sark keeping the running back room very open. You know how when Keelan Robinson's at his best, it feels unfair sometimes? Running back, wide receiver, he can do things. He's just versatile, right? That's Wisner to me. Yeah. Jontae Cook stands out to you when you watch that DeSoto team last year, but go back and carefully look at how they use Wisner. He can do anything. That guy running little wheels and and out routes out of the backfield is a problem if I'm a linebacker or a safety. Who do you put on him? I don't know. Especially when everybody else is out there, that is a good name to bring up. I'm glad you brought up the running game too, Zay, because I'll get to that. The big comments everybody's going to talk about are the championship stuff from Sark. Quote, I'd be lying if I wasn't saying that I want to win a championship. There's no question. I feel like I've had good teams in the past. I haven't been able to do it. When you get into coaching, I'm a highly competitive guy. I would love to win a championship. I would love to win a championship our last year in the Big 12. He embraced it, not afraid of it. We talked about it yesterday. Keeps talking about the focus of the team. It's the team that makes the most sense to him since he's gotten here and all that stuff. But, Zay, there is something lost in his comments. I want to make sure we get out there today 
because I want to get your feelings about this. And he talked about it'd be a great send-off in the Big 12, right? Last Big 12 thing before the SEC. Everybody's getting lost in that. Here's the part I want you all to think about, Texas fans, as football fans. Zay, you tell me if I'm just trying to stir up trouble. You ready? Steve Sarkeesian, quote, I felt like last year we almost became too one-dimensional, too reliant on Bijan and Roshan for what they were able to do running the ball. We felt like we had to evolve our passing game to get back to where I'm accustomed to doing it. Our ability to throw the football now is going to be able to be back to where we like it to be. End quote. Your thoughts? Um, I didn't think Bijan and Roshan got the ball enough last year. Really? <laughs> That's an interesting take, Zay. You're not the first person that wears burn orange to say something like that. How do you form your mouth to say that? You know what happened to us last year? We got a little one-dimensional. Like, remember when TCU came to town? That was a big old game, and they had game day there. Isaiah, I don't suppose you know exactly how many carries Bijan got in that game, do you? Twelve. Oh, wow. That number popped right out of your head. How many touches did he get in the second half, Say You wouldn't happen to know that, would you? Oh, I don't remember that. It's like two or three, wasn't Not it? Not many. Something like that? Come on, Sark. That was silly. I'm glad that everybody's focused on the championship thing, and we'll get to the Gundy stuff. If I'm a Texas fan, I do not need my coach saying that. But here it is, Texas fans. Back to the truth. Pay attention to Sark. He will tell you the truth. While he's being effectively boring, he'll tell you the truth. I kept, I keep telling you this. Even with Bijan, he didn't run the ball enough. He's a, he's a pass-happy dude. He just told you again. He loves to throw. He loves to see being thrown. He loves quarterbacks. He loves quarterbacks. He loves receivers. He loves quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, receivers, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. But, Chad, he's had a 1,000-yard running back every – stop it. Stop it. He wants to see the ball fly through the air. That is how he attacks people. Do not expect him to lead with a running game. I do not care who your running backs are. They'll be important. They will not be critical. They will not be the first thing because Sarkeesian has still not proven to us that it would be anything else. Yeah, if That's you look, crazy. It is a little wild. If you look at the last two games of the year, not counting the Washington game because Bijan and Roshan didn't play in that, but Kansas and Baylor, he's right. They were one-dimensional. They ran the ball, and they won those games easily. And then if you look at the games prior to that, McQuay Ewers is throwing 30 times, 30 incompletions against Oklahoma State. And if you talk about being one-dimensional, first thing I think of is going to Xavier Worthy with a broken hand way too much. That's the one-dimensional he should mm-hmm. be talking about because every time Quinn Ewers dropped back, he was looking at then number eight. Now he's number one. I'll, hopefully that changes a little bit, But which I appreciate Quinn Ewers talking about that yesterday. He said, hey, last year I looked for the home run shot way too much. Sometimes it's great to live for another day and see those check downs and look for my running backs and put the ball in their hands and see if they can make something happen. Like everybody knows Quinn Ewers has a beautiful arm. Everybody knows that he gets those Jeff George comparisons and those Aaron Rodgers comparisons, guys that just can throw it so easily and it looks so beautifully in the air. And like you just said, Chad, Sark, he does like to throw that thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to throw it the way that they want to throw it, Everybody has to eat. 
everybody. Yeah. Not just Xavier oh, Wordy. Jordan yeah. Winton has to go crazy. JT Sanders, he was an All-American last year. Who can match up with him? Nobody. Right. Like, Keelan Robinson needs more touches through the air. Like, everybody needs to eat. Casey Kane, who just changed his number to eight. Like, sometimes I forget about him. Even though he had a couple of drops last year, he took one of the eights off. Uh, yeah, he took oh, one of the eights off. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Xavier Wordy giving up that eight and now becoming one, KCK, he went to number eight. So he's going to be rocking the single digit number two. But there you yeah, go. Yeah, man. Like, there's too many weapons for every, for, you know, not to utilize everyone. Yeah. There's just too many. And that's what should scare opposing defensive coordinators because who do you prep for? When you come in last year, it was okay. We focus on Bijan Robinson, and then we'll go from there. This year, who is it? Right. Well, that's, like that, that's, and that's beautiful. And it's a great point, too. We, I just Again, I just wish he wouldn't say stuff like this because it's so off-topic. Like, it's not him. Uh, but, yes, to your point, because there's no focus at running back, even more chances for that passing game to get a focus. And you're right. He's got to keep them on their toes. We keep saying it. It's not that he needs to be – it's not that he's being too cute. He's not cute enough sometimes. I'll keep saying this. His cute can kick their ass. He's just got to do it. Stay cute. Chunk the ball. And do it a lot. And you're right. Chunk it to different guys. Make different plans. This is who you are. Embrace who you are. Stop acting like, stop leading with comments like, most important thing to me is your physical root. Stop it. Just stop. Stop saying it. Sonny Dykes gets to say that. Let him say it. He said it yesterday. We talked about it with the Kendall Bryles comment. If I'm Sark, I would lean in hard. Hey, Sark, how are you going to score? Purdy. Huh? We're going to purdy him to death. We're going to get as pretty as we can. I'm going to take shots. It's going to be crazy. If you're a fan of us, don't you dare be in a concession stand line during our first drive. Fire works. Watch your hands. Don't get JPP'd. We're going to try to blow this whole thing up. Get ready. Popcorn. <laughs> All gas, no brakes. I'd bring that back. All ga- Just add some. All gas, no brakes. Don't worry about the running backs. That's what you should do. Just go. Yeah. Be who you are. Obviously, there's going to be factors in there. I want to see how he uses, you know, which of those running backs is going to be the complimentary piece. But that ends up being a lot of the Longhorn discussion. Just wanted to get that out there. Longhorn fans, you can kind of, you know, process that. Also, if you have some questions on the Specs text line, throw them in there, 337-3776. Fans trying to figure out the whole thing with the, the flat new flagship station for Texas. Throw some questions to us on the Specs text line. Answer what we can and uh, try to get some, uh, some info to you that way. Uh, also, uh, we will talk a little Mike Gundy because he hit that uh, podium right after we got done, Zay. I hate this for like Oklahoma State or Oklahoma fans that may really love Bedlam. Listening to him talk about Bedlam yesterday, it made me just glad that the Longhorns and Aggies are getting back together. Right. Because I felt like I was in a time warp listening to that discussion. Gundy made news because all he said was, this has nothing to do with Oklahoma State. This is happening because they left our conference. That's it. They're leaving for the SEC, so we're not going to have a game. At one point, he said it didn't have to happen if they didn't change leagues. That's his point. He also laid out, look, look at the scheduling. We have issues there that may be tough. But he also said, look, I love rivalries. I'm sad it's going. And down the road somewhere, if my people come to me, my president, my AD, my money guys, if they come to me and say we want to squeeze Bedlam back in the schedule, he said, "I'll, I'll look at it. Yeah, of course. But right now, he sounds just like Texas did when A&M left for the SEC. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, they're leaving the conference. And it, it, goes, it takes me right back to the best comment ever, Kim Mulkey, when she was at Baylor, 
talking about A&M when she said, you can't divorce me and then give me the schedule of when we're going to have sex moving forward. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not how it works. Kim Mulkey said that? She did. Oh, wow. It's one of the greatest quotes of all time. That's amazing. So... But it's weird this, in this case, Zay, because I'm listening to, if you believe in the big brother, little brother analogy, in the first version, it was little brother leaving to try to find greener pastures, to try to get out of a shadow. But this time, it's big brother leaving. Bedlam. So this is little brother telling me yesterday, well, we're leaving because they left. I don't know what you're going to me to do. Uh, so that's what Gundy got a lot of attention for. And his comments on NIL are interesting. Transfer portal. He's so honest at times. I, he gets a rep for being some kind of a, an a-hole. He called himself an a-hole yesterday. He said, I could have come here and not answered those questions, but you ought to say, well, he's an a-hole and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But he talked about how hurt he gets when guys transfer. He said, I got to get myself to not be so connected because it hurts me. Right. Zay, he's got a defensive lineman that transferred to OU this year. Oh, that was cold-blooded. You realize that? That was tough. We talked about that when it happened. Yeah. I like Trace Ford, too. I thought Trace Ford was really good. Mike laid it out honestly yesterday. He said he was really good at the beginning. He had some injury stuff that came along, and he didn't develop like he would have wanted to and like we would have wanted him to. We hope he finishes off well. And then, But he admitted, like, yeah, it's going to be weird. Are you crazy? Yeah. The last bedlam ever and Trace Ford is wearing their uniform? Yeah, it's like being with the hot chick and then she has some toxic issues, a lot of luggage. Then y'all start going to therapy and stuff and it's getting better. Then she leaves you for your best friend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, just like, not, just not, like yeah, that. Not just leaves you, leaves you for in that yeah. person. Yeah, maybe your enemy. This is like your Ugh, right. just the worst enemy that you could have, and they have a great relationship together. Yeah, I, I get it in that sense. I, I do also love the fact that he got to say that yesterday, and the sooner people didn't show up till today. Right. I do love that. So Venables, I guess, will get asked about it today. That was Big 12 Media Days, day one. Remember, day two does involve those yeah. Oklahoma Sooners today. Yeah, if you're Oklahoma state you want that game if you're OU you don't want that um, how brutal the SEC schedule is yeah nah you don't want those problems it's fun and and back in the day with the Longhorns and Aggies some people made that argument for that one too they would say wow the Aggies really don't need that going to the SEC the Longhorns had a little bit of a different argument but I will say it about this too I understand both sides both sides become really difficult Mike Gundy yesterday says wait a minute but you want me to have nine conference games you want me to still try to schedule another Power Five here and there and find cool games for our – and you want me to play OU every year. Well, now I'm left with one. One game? Dude, I'm at Oklahoma State. Do you see how up and down I can be? I'm not the most consistent coach in the world. I'm not winning 10, 11 every year. I'm grinding this out, man. Yeah. I got to deal with Sonny Dykes. I got to deal with Dave Aranda. And I got to deal with trying to get kids to come to Oklahoma State. Yeah. And dig up some NIL now that my man T Boone is gone. R.I.P. R.I.P. So the legend. Man, it's rough. I get it from both sides. And then you're right about OU. Now I wish OU would step up and be Florida and say, yep, we'll take it. Give us an SEC schedule. Give us all of it. We'll play Texas every year. Sure. Arkansas, whatever y'all want to do. And then let's play Bedlam. Really? You sure? Yeah, we'll do it. Oh, you go into that tight-ass stadium? Mm -mm, They don't want that. Florida does it every year. Florida plays an SEC schedule, and then they play Florida State. What's the key, though? Four non-conference games. Yeah. When they go to nine conference games, if Florida keeps playing Florida State, which we assume they will, that's ballsy. That's ballsy, because now you only got two extras. That's one of your games. That'll be one of your others. So now Florida's going to be stuck 
So expect to see Florida take one of those non-conference and play a high school in about three years. <laughs> Because you're going to need to. Man, uh, be careful in that area. The high schools are really good in Florida. Well, pick the right one. Yeah, don't, go, okay. don't go top. All right, yeah. right? That'd be silly. Yeah. <laughs> they might give you two quarters. <laughs> you may be in trouble. All right, coming up, speaking of football, let's go to the top level of football. I'm jealous of Zay. I'm jealous of Zay for many reasons. But I'm really jealous because he's already peeked into something that NFL fans may end up loving. We'll get his thoughts on that coming up in the crap bag. It wasn't just the Longhorns with big recruiting news yesterday. I'll tell you what my Aggies pulled off that surprised some folks yesterday. We'll get into ESPYs a little later on. Big 12 Media Day, Day 2. We'll have all that and more on this Thursday. Again, if you want to jump in, Specs text line 337-3776. This is the Horn. Chad and Zay. My goodness. Here's your chance. Mm. God, that voice! Holy smokes, Zay! Would I know? Do I know who this is? No. Okay. Is it a group or just a person? It's a group. It's a group. That's big time. Who you got? Edgar Winters, White Trash. Ooh. Okay. Edgar Winters, White Trash. That's the name of the full band. Yep. That's great. Give everything you got. Yeah, the Winter Brothers are uh, amazing. Speaking of guys that would go without the shirt. The Winter Brothers, yeah, there's a lot of no shirt, but they were real pale white dudes. Yeah. So, but they were thin, thin, rail thin. They weren't big like the dude on the carpet. Rail thin, you can kind of pull it off. Edgar Winters, white trash. That's some soulful, soulful white boys there, ladies and gentlemen. Yo, great screaming. <laughs> Somebody tried to put me on blast because they saw me walking my dog with my shirt off recently around the neighborhood. Craig Wade, we literally just had a weatherman on because it's so damn hot around here. Yeah. Leave me alone. Exactly. I'm trying to survive. Now, That's no, it. People aren't like taking pictures and putting them out on social media of you, are they? I mean, we don't, they, we don't need that. I mean, I'll take that. You take that. I mean, I want a little cut from the paper that you're going to be making off these pictures. But yeah, uh, that'd be a little odd. We're going to all tune in one night on TMZ. Goo, goo, goo. Local Austin radio personality Isaiah Collier was seen when walking his dog. Yo, man. Breaking down the picture. Shout out to Deion Dawkins again. You're paving the way for us Husky brothers. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you, man. It's uh, He's doing the heavy lifting is oh, what you're saying? <laughs> Definitely. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to be in my bag. When I start looking at my next suit, I'm going to really be in my bag. You, Absolutely. You are pumped up. All right, speaking of pumped up, I was pumped up when you mentioned it. I forgot that it's already out there. We've been dealing with Big 12 media days and stuff going on around the station and all these, just all these things, you know, and I forget when things are going to be released sometimes. And I I get a little behind on stuff. You walked in today and you go, hey, quarterback thing's out in the NFL. I'm like, wait, what? That documentary we talked about? So fill in the people, Zay, that are like me that don't know. This is the documentary. Let me see if I get it right. They're following Patrick Mahomes, uh, Cousins, and Mariota. That's right. As three specific. You follow them through the whole season yeah. of last year. And it's a documentary, and so what is it? All episodes are already out? I think so. I think it just goes up to five. Okay, and they're all an hour? They're all an hour. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, and it's executive produced by Peyton Manning. 
Oh, my God. We get some Peyton Manning stuff? Yeah, that's why it's really good. Like, he opens it up by talking about how tough the quarterback position is and everything that you have to look out for while also being a human being off the field. Oh, it's is, great. Is that important? The human uh, a little part? bit. Okay, yeah. A little bit. Try to keep your heart beating and your spine from cracking and all that. So, how was it? You've seen, what, episode? Yeah. How many episodes? Yeah, episode one. That's all I could watch yesterday. A lot of football yesterday of Big 12 Media Day. Yeah, so yeah. So, I kind of want to embrace it instead of straight up binge watching it, which I'll probably end up finishing it this weekend. See, that's what's tough with me on Netflix. I had to do it with Breaking Bad. I had to do it with Better Call Saul later on. I have to make myself watch one at a time. Right. Otherwise, I'll flip out, and they do that sick thing where they immediately start the next episode. I have to stop it. I have to make myself get away from it. Well, it's even easier to binge it because it's football. Yeah. And it's so good. And it's not just one person, so they bounce around, and each quarterback's in different stages of their career from – Patrick Mahomes being on top of the world, Kirk Cousins kind of, is he an elite quarterback or is he a washed guy? And then Marcus Mariota, who's just trying to keep a job and is now bouncing around the league in the NFL. He just wants to be one of 32. Exactly. But he might be like one of 44. Yeah. You know, if we really were honest about it. Right. And, you know, the first part, the first things that you start to notice um, is just how each quarterback balances everyday life with the pressures of being an NFL quarterback. You see Kirk Cousins in the opening scene reading his kids uh, basically a story about quarterbacks. Oh, that's how they started? Yeah. He's talking about, hey, the quarterback is so important because if you lose your quarterback, you could lose your franchise. (laughs) Mm. While the kid, it looks like he's eight years old and he has a pacifier in his mouth. That's a little off. Mm. Um, Yeah. yeah, I I mean, that's a little Kirk Cousins for me, but not going to judge, Kirk. You're raising your kids the way you want to raise them. Not going to judge. I don't have kids of my own. Who am I to say you're doing it right or wrong? That's a little like Tom Brady kissing his kids on the Uh, mouth for some people. Yeah, just, you know, the kid's old as hell. Yeah, I'm just saying the kid could get in the PG-13 movie. He shouldn't have a pacifier in his. He mouth. should not have the pacifier. At least uh, we. At least they didn't film the breastfeeding. Or they, they're true. not still doing that. That's true. They? Okay. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. It's really good for the babies, but you probably shouldn't go till eight. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. So Marcus Mariota, like you see him off the field, he's about to have a baby when they're just now okay. like transitioning to Atlanta because that was his first year last year. Even Wait. though I think now he's in Pittsburgh. Um. Oh, is that right? I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is chronicling him in 2022 in Atlanta. Yes. But yeah, I think you're right with Marcus. Now let me guess. Uh, Marcus Mariota is not married to an ugly woman. No. <laughs> no. No. Good looking woman. Handsome Hawaiian man. Yes. With millions she looks of, too. of dollars. Yeah. Does she? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. She's pregnant, and he has to deal with that season. And in game two, he has a very critical fumble where the Saints get the ball back and end up winning the game. And it's interesting to see. You got the state right, but the team wrong. Oh, Philly. He's an eagle. Okay. Yeah. I knew I knew that didn't quite sound right when you said Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I knew it wasn't Atlanta anymore. Yeah. So this is kind of cool. This documentary will show you sort of some of the things that led to that for Mariota. And then you got Cousins in Minnesota. And obviously we know where it ends up for Patrick Mahomes. Ring number two and throwing the number two up to Jamar Chase when he ran his mouth. Yo, man. This dude, if you couldn't love Patrick Mahomes anymore – it's going to up really? up the ante when you see this because this dude's a dog. He takes the game so seriously. There's, if you've seen episode one, he gets in, into it with Max Crosby, uh, edge rusher for the Raiders, who's all-pro guy. And they were down 17 in week five against the Raiders at Arrowhead. 
and Crosby pissed him off. And there was one play where Holmes got the ball off, weighed about three seconds, and Crosby just comes and, like, gives him a jab shot. Like, not to the ribs area, like, right above that, right in the chest, that nipple area. And Patrick Mahomes was like, bruh, are you serious? Look, man, I get what you're trying to do. Don't play with me. Right. And then once they started making their comeback, Patrick Mahomes was talking smack and cussing and stuff. And, you know, it's unedited. It's like hard dogs. It's unedited. You hear every cuss word. Nice. And they're all mic'd up. And you're like, yo, this dude Patrick Mahomes, don't think that he's weak because of your light skin, brother. This dude is tough as hell. I am so glad you said that, that it's unedited. One of the things that pisses me off about hard knocks is when they replay it with edits. Have you ever heard those? I don't even try listening to those. When it runs live, it's real. Yeah. But then they'll rerun it during the week. No matter what time it runs, they'll rerun it on certain like HBO channels, and then you'll hear beep. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is hard knocks. No, that's a problem. What are you doing? I like to hear that. Um, but that's going to be interesting to see some of the the smack talk with him. Mahomes is one of those dudes. There's one, there, there's, there's one, like, one of the curses of having like a baby face or the handsome face at quarterback, is you feel small for some reason. Don't know why. Yeah, I think you're soft. Quinn Ewers walked in yesterday, and he was bigger than I thought he was. And I was like, why is that? And it's like, it's because, Chad, he's a handsome young man, and you think he's kind of got a baby face. And I thought, and somehow you look at him on your TV screen, and you think he's small. He's like, oh, look oh at yeah, him. I know what you, you know mean. You know what I mean? Right, right, well, he's right. Like, he's just a handsome young man. And he's like, somehow you make him smaller in your mind. No, no, he's a little yeah. bigger. Yeah, like Tom Cruise could never be quarterback. And I can remember, yes, the one time that I've been to Super Bowl media days, I was doing a show with Kevin Dunn. It was in Houston. And Mahomes comes. It's the year he gets drafted. Lee Steinberg brings him by, and, Mah- and people were kind of paying attention, but not really. N- not a ton of focus on him. And the first thing out of Kevin's mouth was, look how big Mahomes is. Second thing out of his mouth was, his mom is hot. That was the second thing. <laughs> but the first thing, all right, Kevin, let's, let's rearrange those. He mentioned the mom first. But then he's like, dude, have you seen how big Mahomes is? A solid, like, it was 6263 for sure. And we were uh-huh. like, he just doesn't feel that big on TV. But you see him live, and it's different. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to watch that documentary. It's out there right now for you on Netflix. Another thing that stuck out, Chad, Kirk Cousins, which I got a lot of respect for Kirk Cousins now after seeing this. He sees a psychiatrist every week. It's like a sports psychologist kind of thing. Yes, to keep, like, sane and to understand that, A, I expect so much out of myself. I'm looking for perfection, but I also have to be realistic and objective that – that's not real. Does the therapist scream at him? Did you pay me? Do you like that? Did you like my advice? No, the brother seems really calm. Okay. Yeah, really helpful. Right. They get so, to show you part of the session? Yeah, they show you little bits and pieces. And well, we are kind of going through it, and yeah, okay. they don't show everything. Right. But yeah, they some just of show that, be Yeah, they the just show that he goes. Privilege and right. Yeah, he doesn't worry about his attire, obviously. His wife fixes clothes so he can lock in on games. And stuff like that. Which, well, that's interesting. I feel them. Hey, you know what? I'm not going to say a word because the people that watch this show on the Twitch camera probably think my wife needs to be doing the same thing. I walked in today wearing a Def Leppard t shirt and some old man golf shorts. So I'm not going to say a word. Cousins, do what you do. Do what you do. These are comfy shorts, but my wife's going to be pissed when she finds out I wore them. What you mean? She's a fly. She doesn't like it when I wear the golf. But I, we got these. A friend of ours calls me up a few years ago, and she goes, hey, my uncle is getting rid of a bunch of golf shorts. What's your size? And I told her, and she went, oh, I think that would work. 
and I got all these different golf shorts, and some of them are awesomely loud. Yeah. Weird check patterns and stuff like that. So I'll just wear them every once in a while because they are comfy. Again, you see what Deion Dawkins was rocking last night? Yeah. You're good. Okay. You're fine. That's good. There you go. Yeah. At least, hey, trust me. At least I'm not going without the shirt today. That'd be a whole different yeah. show. Well, I'm not putting you through that show. That would not be good. Uh, quarterback documentary is out there. Check it out. Big 12 Media Days rolling on. We already talked about Mike Gundy's comments yesterday on Bedlam, Texas with Steve Sarkeesian not being afraid to talk championship. Plus, we mentioned those comments about, you know, how one-dimensional they were last year with that running game. Okie doke, Sark. Uh, Big 12 Media Day Day 2 is today. We'll get into that at 105. Get into the ESPYs a little bit because the emotion did come out of the ESPYs as it always does. Up next. Next in the crap bag, uh, let's talk a little AM football because they got a big commitment yesterday. I wouldn't be letting you know, Longhorn fans, except it's a guy that you want, and it's a guy that a lot of people thought you were going to get. I'll get you that update because obviously it ain't over yet. It's just verbal. That update is coming on the horn. Zay's getting a little romantic on us on a Thursday. I don't know if it's going to be a day for Romance Day. People might burst into flame. It's not a day I want. I don't know if I want to touch anybody today, especially if I'm outside. It's hot, boy. Stay away from me. Stay away. Now, are you the kind when you've been outside and been sweaty? Do you want your wife loving on you at that point, or are you the kind uh, where it's like, honey, let me just get the shower and then whatever? Yeah, I need a shower first. That's kind of the way I am. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit like Julia Louis Dreyfus in Christmas Vacation. Remember that when they were both they worked out, right? They were sweaty as hell, and he started to like get romantic, and she went after you shower, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the way I am. Whether it's like, ah, uh, and I, and that's more for it's more for my wife and not for me. My wife can be in any layer of sweat she wants to be. It's that I don't need her. I know she don't want to experience my sweaty version. Yeah. So I'm just trying to do it out of respect. If my wife's listening right now, honey, you know. You don't need to worry about showering or anything. You know you can always you can always attack me. You're good. Yeah, there's something about the woman being all sweaty, which it's kind of hot. It's sexy. It's very sexy. It's yeah. sexier. For us, like, I always wonder, like, if, if I looked outside and I saw my wife mowing the lawn and sweating. <laughs> oh, wow. It'd be hot as hell, right? But I think to myself, when she looks out the window and sees me sweating like a hog mowing the lawn, she probably wants to vomit. Like, it's probably the worst. I, I come in, and my dad is a big sweater, so I just sweat all the time. I sweat so easily. I'll come in. I'm just sweating, trying to get the clothes off. I bet I always wonder, like, this is, this is not helping me at all. Yeah. Not helping my cause in any way. Hope everybody's staying cool today. Uh, I think I talked all the way through the artist. Who was that? City Boy. City Boy. Moonlight, Shake My Head, and Leave. That was a good song. Yeah. I like Little that. jam. Yeah, I do like it. City Boy and uh, Edgar Winters, White Trash. Somebody reminded uh, me earlier of Edgar Winters, Frankenstein, that great instrumental from back in the day. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, when I first started out in East Texas, calling a high school football team, I made that the official theme of our promos every week. Every time I did a promo for the uh. upcoming die ball football game, that was the music I'd play. 
because it always got me jacked up. And I do a little promo saying what was going to happen. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that's good. That song's fire. Good stuff. All right, uh, let's get into a little crap bag here because there's recruiting news you need to know, Longhorn fans, on the other side of the house divided. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Calm. Those damn Aggies. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's the script that somebody handed me. Uh, A&M had a big day yesterday. Zay, this was an interesting one to me. I'll admit I hadn't heard the name before. I just thought it'd be good to throw it out um, to both sides of things, Texas and Texas A&M fans, because yesterday there's a kid named Miles Davis, which is awesome. That's a great name. If you're a music fan. Miles with a Y, by the way, which is Awesome. Um, Miles is a safety out of Converse Judson. You don't have to know much high school football in this state to know Converse Judson. And um, they, so yesterday, out of nowhere, essentially, Miles commits to AM. Other teams interested Texas, TCU, USC, Florida, and it's a big list. There are a lot of teams on that list if you want to go check it out. Uh, 61185 out of Judson, I saw some projections by multiple folks on the insider side of things that had predicted Texas for him. He visited in June, but yesterday, for some reason, he said, I was reading some you know quotes from him, said it was on his heart, and this is a decision he wanted to make. Some kids really like to do it before the season gets going in high school. So we'll see how, uh, how sticky this one is, Zay, but verbal commit for A&M. For people that are wondering, that's 17 in the Aggie class, and they are into the top 10 of the team rankings I'm looking at. They're sitting at number eight. Texas, with the guy we mentioned earlier, has crept into the top 20 at like 19. Mm. So if you're looking at the comparisons of the classes, whichever side you're on, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, that's where this thing is. But A&M has now gotten the Cam Coleman kid, wide receiver out of Bama, and now this is Miles Davis. If I didn't mention it, he is listed as a three-star at what I'm looking at. So Texas gets a three-star defensive lineman yesterday. A&M gets a three-star safety. All right, all right. There you go. Got to keep up with these things now, Yeah, Zay. you definitely do. You really have to now as, as of the world we're heading back into. It's not just the, you know, we for, the, for years we've had to say, you know, the only real battles they have are on the recruiting front. Well, now we're cooking towards a game every year. That's right. It's going to turn into a whole nother deal. Um, so there you go. A little crap bag for you here yeah. at 1245. Yeah, and Jimbo, he's done a Pretty good job of keeping that class that was so heavy in 2022, all those guys coming back. And, yeah, look for A&M to spice up the SEC this season. The number two team for Phil Steele, the number two surprise team for Phil Steele this year is A&M. Got to keep an eye on that part and see how you know true that prediction might be. The thing I would tell people about A&M is, one, there is talent on that defensive side. They got monsters on that side. It's an interesting thing to watch. But the keys, A, is Bobby Petrino. Yep. There is nothing more important going on in College Station than Petrino. We've had, I've had listeners, anytime we mention A&M, Texas fans will fire off with, yeah, but these kids, are, they're committing to that clunky offense, that clunky Jimbo Fisher offense. Can the Bobby Petrino influence unclunky that offense? Or is Jimbo still going to call the plays? As, everything we've heard is Jimbo still calling plays. He won't give it up. So if that's true and it stays clunky, that's when you got to wonder what does a guy like Cam Coleman think as he watches it. But what if Cam Coleman sees an offense that does feel a little more opened up? 
That's going to be huge. That sounds greedy. Going to be huge to watch. Sounds greedy, Jimbo. Come on, dog. You don't need all that responsibility. Give it up. Let Bobby call those plays, man. Worry about the whole team. I would love to see him do that. He feels, to me, Jimbo feels like a one-way-or-the-other guy. you got to commit yourself to one side or the other. You already are trying to put 9,000 words into every 30 seconds. So can you really go coach and play caller at the same time? I just don't know. Uh, but that's just something to keep, him, uh, keep an eye on as we go in. Remember, September 9th is going to be a wild day for those two teams, both on the road, both trying to make statements, A&M at Miami, followed by Texas at Alabama. And we're still expecting Connor Wegman to be the starter? Yes. Right okay. now I would expect uh, Wegman's the guy. Okay. Yep. And has that arm developed a little bit? Because the arm was there. You could see it last year. Things were a little there – was, there, were, there were moments in that LSU game where you saw some things. You go, oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. In fact, there were moments in the LSU game where I guarantee you some Aggies thought, hey, Jimbo, why now? Yeah. Why wouldn't you have gone to that earlier? Yeah. But that's just a whole – you know that, you know how fans are. Fans are always looking at it like that. So there you go. Just a little peek into the other side of House Divided Land as A&M gets a big recruit the same day Texas does. Longhorn fans, if you missed it earlier, Melvin Hills is his name. A defensive end out of Louisiana picks Texas over, speaking to go into the, L, uh, go into the SEC, picks uh, Texas over Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, Tennessee. Two of those would stand out to me, Zay. Sorry, three three of the four really stand out. A D end out of Louisiana picked you over LSU. Stop right there. Now, the discussion is, did LSU really want him? How bad do they want him? But there's an offer. If LSU offered him and you get him and he's from Louisiana, I'd consider that a massive victory. Oh, that's a steal. And then I add Auburn and Tennessee. All due respect to Ole Miss. Right now, I'm not thinking Ole Miss D end is like, you know, monstrous national position. But... When Auburn starts stacking those guys up and Tennessee starts stacking those guys up, that's a lookout kind of thing. So that's big if you're a Texas fan. Always uh, talking recruiting around here because it never dies and the crap bag hits you at 1245 every day. Up next, uh, well, let's get back into the Big 12. Day two of media days. The Sooners show up. I wonder if anybody will ask Brent Venables about a fire hose or bedlam. We'll talk about that. Plus what happened at the ESPYs last night. Zay checked some of it out. We'll get to some of the big moments. And coming up in the flex segment, one of my favorite things on planet. Planet Earth at the flex level, and it is badass. Coming up on the horn.